Hello, everybody. This is Josh Price, and you are listening to the Mark Price for Three podcast. Each episode, my dad will be talking NBA basketball, sharing some coaching and instruction, and of course, talking about his faith. Without further delay, here's my dad, Mark Price. All right. Welcome back to episode 62 of the Mark Price for Three podcast. It's a new year. It's been a few weeks. We've got a special guest. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Aaron, Sam, good to see you too again. And uh, glad to be back again. It's been a couple of weeks off for the holidays and hope everybody had a great Christmas and, and New Year's. And now we're back to the grind, right? Get back, trying to get ourselves back going in the it's kind of hard this time of year, honestly, you know, in the holidays and you're just so kind of single focused during the holidays. And now it's like, okay, it's time to wake up from the nap and get back to work. So anyway, excited to be back. For sure. Sam, how are you? I'm doing well. I agree with Mark. I've kind of felt like even, you know, covering the team and the NBA that really doesn't ever sleep during the winter and the holidays. I, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe I, obviously I, you have to take a step back at some point, spending more time with the family around the holidays and everything. And now, now that that's over, it's like, yeah, there's still 50 games to go or so. <laughs> yeah. Kind of trying to wake back up and, and get geared for the, for the second, really the main part of the season. Did either of you get a Lakers in-season championship banner for Christmas? I, I, I did, I did not, uh, mm. I, I thought that there possibly would be, uh, a, a Cavs banner for the fact that they finished three and one or whatever it was in the, in the tournament. So, uh, no luck. <laughs> yeah, that, not, not the, not a big fan of the, the banners for regular season games. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, I don't know. They probably will make the playoffs. I don't know, but man, this blows a big old hole in the the whole in season tournament championship thing. If the if the team raising the banner doesn't even make the playoffs, I mean <laughs> that's not a good not going to be a good look on the the whole in season hype kind of kind of deal. But we'll see. We'll see what happens from this point. But man, yeah, from winning that to they've looked terrible the last yeah. couple weeks. I feel like the ghosts of Lakers past are not happy that they put that banner up along all those banners for, well, and we will get to the Lakers in a minute, but I did have to ask if you guys got anything. Did you get anything good for Christmas? I know last time we were talking Ataris and VCRs and leather Converse. So any, any special gifts that you guys got this year? Oh, uh, not, not really anything for me, but the gift, the biggest gift obviously was our granddaughter and, uh, getting to spend time with her. Obviously she didn't know what was going on, but we sure, we sure enjoyed seeing her with all her little presents and, and all the di different things. But man, what a, what a, what a cool, I mean, I having kids is cool, but man, grandkids is a whole different, different level here, I think. And so it's, it's really special and it was a fun to, to be a part of her first Christmas. That's awesome. How about you, Sam? Did you sneak your a look at your gifts again this year or no? I, I did not. <laughs> you know, as I think as you get older and you're the, you know, having been a dad now for a while, it's kind of like, well, dad's the guy who's going to give the good gifts. He's not getting any. <laughs> I actually got a, I got a book from a friend that I thought was funny, but I've read it. I've been reading it and enjoying it. And it's served me well. And the name of the book is called, but it's by Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's, and the name of the book is called be useful, which I sort of took offense to when I opened it and <laughs> feel pretty useful as is, but no, it's, it's been a good book and I've been reading, you know, a chapter every night and there's a lot of sound advice in there from, and, and things that I think that, you know, later in the podcast I could talk about, but things that you could apply that applies to your faith, even though I don't, I don't know where Arnold stands on that, but there's still a lot of good messages in there that, you know, you could, you could use along with the Bible that kind of a reminder to truly be useful and serve. And so, yeah, that was my best gift. There you go. Awesome. All right. Let's jump into the Cavs. Cavs are now 21 and 15, fifth in the Eastern conference. They've won three straight. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. And I was surprised, even though their record and their numbers are encouraging, it, it, 
feels like everybody's still really disappointed in this team. So I'll let you guys kind of run with where are we at with the Cavs? I'm, I'm, we all know there's injuries. There's been a lot of things, but here they sit fifth in the Eastern Conference. And I feel like everyone's disappointed. Obviously in Cleveland, I got to think, Sam, that the Browns are overshadowing everything right now, which is probably a good thing for the Cavs because they can kind of get their stuff, their house in order, so to speak. But I'll let you guys run with where are we at with the Cavs right now? Well, I'll, I'll kind of give my take uh, before the expert jumps in here and, and gives us his. But, you know, I the way I look at it, and I know some people are disappointed, there were such high expectations for this team coming in off of, off of the really positive season they had last year, you know, regardless of what happened in the playoffs. But, you know, I've, I've felt like this was a you know, top four Eastern Conference team uh, from, from the beginning. I think that's kind of how it's going to end up, what positioning that ends up. I'm encouraged from the fact that they're 21 and 15 or whatever it is that they are right now. And they've come nowhere near being their best, you know, yet. And they've not been healthy. So when they get all the pieces back and everybody gets healthy, can they pull that together? That's still the question mark, I think, a little bit for everybody. But I'm encouraged from that standpoint that, I mean, they're only, there's about five or six teams in the East that are within, you know, you could be third to eighth, you know, real easy, depending on how it falls. And, you know, obviously, and I've said this from the beginning, I don't think the Eastern Conference is super strong as a whole. This year, I think your top two teams are obviously going to be the Celtics and the, and the Bucks. But then after that, I mean, name me a team that the Cavs couldn't beat, right. you know, matchup wise. And I and I think they're in really good shape. Uh, they just have to win enough to put themselves in good position. And I think that's going to be that's going to be the challenge for them. You know, consistency, which hasn't been there this year. Now they're in a stretch right now where they're. They're playing winnable games against beatable teams, and they've got to take advantage of those opportunities and put themselves, hopefully, in a little bit better position moving forward. That's right. Sam, how about you? Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. The fact that they've been able to weather the storm with Garland, excuse me, Darius Garland and, and Evan Mobley missing significant time, they really haven't missed a beat since those two you know, since the news was announced that those two were going to be out for, for a while. And, and and the nice thing is along the way, having won seven of 10 now, 21 and 15, as Mark mentioned, you know, fifth place in the Eastern Conference. And really, I, I think it's a game, a game and a half back of Philly for third. So you, you factor in all of that and how they've been able to overcome that, that these injuries and, it wasn't just Garland and Mobley. You know, you started the year with Jared Allen. Donovan Mitchell's gone down for a little bit and came back. And, and uh, you know, they're just constant, it seems like. The, the good news is you're still able to win. And I think now they're like 13-2 and two or 14-2 and two maybe against teams with losing records. So they're taking care of business against teams that they should be able to, you know, that you're, you're going into games you're favored against, even though you don't have some of your guys. You're still managing to take care of business. And along the way, you know, we've seen guys step up huge. Sam Merrill's become such a big part of everything they're doing. They found another guy to spread the court, mm-hmm. which is, you know, he may not have gotten that opportunity before. And it, I, I know Sam even went to JB early in the season. And, you know, he, he, he told JB Bickerstaff, you know, what more, is there anything more that I need to do? Mm. And, and JB said, you know what? You're doing great. Just stay ready because this is the NBA. It's a long season and you're going to get an opportunity at some point. So he's really capitalized on that. Obviously, we've seen Craig Porter Jr. a lot more, the undrafted rookie who's really, uh, you know, made a, made a case to be a regular part of the rotation. We've seen Tristan Thompson again emerge, you know, with Evan Mobley out and really become an important part of things. So. I think while you've, they, you, you know, as you said, Aaron, it's kind of like a feeling of disappointment with them. I really think people should be more thrilled with the fact that here you are, you're still in the Eastern Conference race. You're right on track to finish where you did last year and, and maybe better. So they've, they've really, there's a lot of things that they've been able to overcome and they're, they're still in the mix. So kudos to the way that they've played so far. You guys will remember the name Bill Needle. 
Remember him? Yes. Sports guy out of Cleveland. And I remember once he was talking about the Indians, now Guardians at the time. And he said, you win a hundred or in, in, a, in a baseball season, you win 50 games, you lose 50 games. It's what you do with the other 82. And I always remember that because I was like, you know, that's pretty true in a, in an NBA season. And the reason why I bring that up is because of what you just said, you know, they, they're beating the teams they need to beat. I think that's important in the NBA season because you never know what's going to happen when you're playing those top tier teams. So they're winning the ones that they should. That's a, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought up Merrill because how I know if we go back in the archives of Mark's podcast, I don't think the names Sam Merrill and Greg Porter Jr. ever came up. And I think if Tristan's name came up, it was like, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I think he was kind of a guy that just be that veteran, that Udonis Haslam on the bench for us. Um, and yet this guy's contributing. You're bringing up guys, the two we just mentioned, they're contributing. Um, how does that happen? Like, how how does it happen that Merrill goes under the radar so long? Mark, you, you might be able to speak to this too with your experience in the NBA and coaching. How do you, how did we miss this guy? Because at this point he's proven he belongs and, and when he plays, he plays well, in my opinion. Well, I think, you know, I think it was Bill Parcells or somebody that made the quote, you know, we, we are what, you know, our record is type thing over the years. And I think sometimes it just takes certain guys longer. You know, Sam obviously has always been a good shooter. You go back and look at his college days. He was able to good shooter there, but the NBA is a whole different level of, of speed, getting your shot off. People talk about how quick his shot off, how he, quick he gets it off. But I guarantee you over the last two or three years, he's improved that, you know, at whatever level in order to get to where he's at. And then you have to get an opportunity at some point. And a lot of times there's a lot of guys probably in the archives of archives of basketball that have been good enough, yeah. but the opportunities just never really presented itself. And so, you know, it's a great point. I think there's a lot of guys in the league that over the years that have, have been contributors, have been good players because they've found a way to be ready, to stay ready. Cause you don't, you know, Sam made a good point. You never know. And, and JB, when he was talking to Sam, you know, stay ready because, you know, you might not play for 30 games and then boom, two guys get hurt and you get called upon and nine times out of 10, you hate to see it, but the guys aren't ready. They come in, they don't play well. And, and, you know, they want to blame this, this and that, but you know, it's just, it's a hard truth. I mean, there's only five guys on a team that play the majority of minutes and the rest of the guys are scrambling. I saw something with Steve Kerr made a quote the other day about, you know, guys and playing time and not being happy. And, you know, there's never been a guy in the history of, of, of the sport that's been happy with the minutes that he's gotten and deserved, feels like he needs more and this and that, but it's the guys that stay ready, whether it's that two minutes, even at the, you know, and a lot of us call it garbage time even, but you know, you, you tell guys, Hey, maybe, you know, it's a blowout game and you're going to get three, four minutes. Well, go out and make the best of that three, four minutes. And maybe then that leads to eight, nine minutes down the road. And then you gain confidence with the coach. And that's the key more than anything else is you have to do what it takes for the cop, for the coach to be willing to put you in the game and trust that you're going to be able to be successful when you get out there. And you got to give guys like Sam and, and Craig Porter. You know, a lot of kudos because they weren't in a great situation when the season started. Goodness. I mean, you looked at the Cavs rotation. I mean, those guys weren't going to see any play in time uh, if, if everybody stays healthy. And so here we are, and all of a sudden people are talking about them. And regardless of what happens the rest of this season, those guys have made it. They're going to probably be, be successful and be on a roster, whether it be in Cleveland or somewhere else, because of what they've accomplished this season. That's right. I think that goes all the way down to the high school level as well, right? I mean, I, I know we have parents that listen probably and maybe even some players that listen. Hey, listen, be ready. Stay ready because your high school team, you might not be playing today. But So that's the question I have for those people that are listening, Mark and Sam. When you say stay ready, how do you do that? So if I'm a player and I hear that, okay, awesome. How do I do that? How do I apply that? Is it staying later in the gym? Is it like, how do I stay ready? Well, I think as a player, you know, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, yeah, you have to do the work. You have to stay in shape. I mean, I remember so many guys and even, you know, after games, they'll go ride a bike or they'll go get in the gym and get up shots. So the guys that didn't get a lot of minutes, 
just trying to, first of all, keep their conditioning up, which is really hard to do when you're not playing. It's really hard to keep that game conditioning ready. But then during the course of the game, every night, even though you might be sitting on the bench, you have to find ways to keep yourself engaged, whether it be talking to your teammates, uh, listening to what the coaches are saying, because it's so easy for so many guys to get distracted by all that's going on in an NBA game, right? I mean, you yeah. got whatever the timeout, it, you know, entertainment is to to whatever. You got to find a way to stay focused in on what are we doing as a team? You know, what is, you know, if I get in there, what guy am I going to be guarding? You know, what is he doing? You know, it's a mental, it's a mental gymnastics in, in a sense that you have to find ways to keep your mind sharp and, and in, active and involved in the game. Because, I mean, who knows when <laughs> something happens and, hey, you know, Sam, Craig, get in the game right now. If you're not ready, you know, it's probably not going to go well. Well, and you just said Craig. I mean, think about Craig Elo is a great example from from your era of a guy that stayed ready and and had the right opportunity. I mean, he said that on the podcast uh, when he was on with us, you know, Houston, he he thought he was done. And then, you know, the Cavs called and. He gave everything he had, and we all know how that went for the Cavs. Great opportunity. He took advantage of it. So, uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on those two guys? And, you know, a lot of people were calling for a Mountie Bates from the beginning of the season, and yet these two guys have almost, in a way, taken his his minutes. Yeah, you know, with Amani, uh, obviously, the Cavs haven't really had, they've been pretty set at those wing positions. They haven't, they, fortunately, they haven't had injuries to Struess and Yang you know, and and even Dean Wade, who isn't going to put up a lot of points, but does a lot of the intangibles, which is why he starts a lot, you know, and obviously Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, those guys have all managed to stay relatively healthy within the lineup. And that's where, you know, they would use Amani if he was, if he was called up and get going to get minutes, he would get those guys minutes. So in that sense, that, that kind of makes sense why he hasn't really been playing much. And these other two have because you've had Garland out with and Mitchell out time. So that opens the door for Craig Porter Jr. And obviously Ty Jerome, who they got in the off season. And that opens the door as well for Sam Merrill. So, you know, again, it's just two guys who have, who have made the most of their opportunities. And I, I actually saw watch Sam Merrill a lot while he was in college because uh, my my first job was in Wyoming. I spent seven years out there, so I try. I became a Wyoming basketball fan, so I watch a lot of Wyoming games. And then Larry Nance Jr. went out there, so I saw Sam Merrill playing at Utah State a few times against Wyoming. I thought, man, who is this kid? And then I later learned they were calling him the Luka Doncic of the Mountain West Conference. But one thing I noticed is, and I've mentioned this to him, his release on a shot at Utah State it wasn't nearly as quick as it is now. And you could just see the repetitions that he's put up after practice before games going out and getting up shots. So it's, it's good to see him. And, you know, with Craig Porter jr. The, the funny thing is I saw Wichita state play like twice last year. And I, I, I kind of mentioned this to him. I had no recollection of him <laughs> you know, but I, yeah. during their games. And, yeah. It said, really, that's not a surprise because just the way he kind of fit in and meshed with everybody else. And then, you know, when he got called by Cavs, was really kind of upped his effort level in terms of, you know, where am I going to fit in? What do they need? Identifying their need. What's my niche going to be? And that's really, really worked out well for Craig Porter Jr. too. For sure. So, Sam, let's ask you a lot. There's a lot of names, a lot of rumors. Some of them are probably generated by the fan base. Some of them are generated by who knows where in the NBA. There's a lot of talk right now around the Cavs and some key players. We've talked about Donovan Mitchell before. JB being on the hot seat is another one that keeps coming up. I think I saw a headline from Jared Allen could be on the block, which is crazy to me. But what are the latest rumors? And can you put any of them kind of maybe put some Cavs fans fears to rest yeah I, I i you know i've i've seen all those some of those obviously put on the website that are legitimate that come from legitimate reporters or insiders so to speak but the majority of them are you know 
I, I don't know that they've had any conversations at all with involving Jared Allen. I highly doubt it, especially yeah. now he's been playing at an all-star level probably the past two or three weeks. So he's not he's not going anywhere. And they're not looking to make any big splashy moves at all. You know, that they, they feel as if at this point, from everything I've been hearing and led to believe that they feel like once they get healthy, they they could make a nice playoff run with as currently constructed. Of course, you're always listening. And, you know, Kobe Altman will tell you that's his job. Big part of his job is, is there a small piece that we can add for next to nothing? If that piece is out there, then sure, we'll we'll add it. But generally, that's not the case. So, you know, and as far as Donovan Mitchell, that's really media and fan generated. There's no sense that everything he has said is he's happy to be here. And I mean, here's a guy who recruited Max Struess and George Yang to come play in Cleveland with with the idea that he intends to to stay here. He 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 obviously you see what he gives, the effort he gives on the court the production and the fact that they are managing to win games without, you know, their second, third leading scorer having in Garland and Mobley going to be missing significant time. And yet they've been probably playing as well as they have all season. So uh, yeah, there's, there's no, and the, the Cavs did take calls when, when Garland and Mobley went down. I think that the news, when that came out, they, they announced it both, both players on the same day. They did get the Cavs got a lot of calls mm-hmm. about, hey, are you going to, you know, gut the team now? <laughs> and <laughs> the, those calls were quickly shot down. But yeah, there, there's they have no intention of trading Donovan Mitchell and, and Donovan Mitchell is has no desire to be traded. The one thing I liked about Mitchell before he even came to Cleveland is when he was in Utah and they decided to gut that roster and hire a new coach and Will Hardy that nobody had ever really heard of. Donovan Mitchell said, I'm, I'm here. This is where I this is where I belong. Unless they decide otherwise, I'm I'm with the jazz all the way. So I really, you know, in, a, in an era of sports where we're always kind of seeming like we're looking for a way out or a reason for a way out. He had reasons in Utah and had a really good attitude about it. So when the Cavs got him, I I wasn't surprised when he came to Cleveland. But yeah, this guy's he's got a great attitude and a great approach. And is all about the organization. So, will there come a time when these rumors will heat back up? Absolutely, but I I think now they're they're sort of dying down, and there's there's good reason for that because there's really there's really no truth to any of them. It's it's just kind of you know people need content. As a guy who runs a website, people need content, and I think that that kind of got some legs on the content mill, but it, it, it's there. I don't feel like there's any truth to it. The Cavs aren't going to, they aren't looking to make a big splashy move at this point. I, I think they're pretty feeling pretty good about where they are. Mark, let me ask you when you played, it was a different era. You know, you had the plain dealer and sports talk radio, probably on AM at that point. I think, I don't even know if it was on FM, but you know, when these rumors are swirling and you're trying to, re- you know, as, especially as the point guard, as the captain, the leader of your team, this stuff's going on. Does it, do the players even engage in this or do they just have a way of tuning it out? Well, I was fortunate to play in a different era. Like you said, you basically had the papers and, you know, I mean, there were maybe a few sports talk shows on, on the radio, but you didn't have this 24 seven flow of just, you know, to Sam's point, just content just people throwing stuff out there just just to keep the the content flowing type thing i mean i would say you know because people ask us all the time particularly the big the big situation that happened when we were playing was the ron harper trade right right. you know and danny ferry and all that and and to be honest i mean we didn't really even to this day kind of even know what was going on there you, you just didn't have all the chatter you know, I mean, the stuff that was going on was kind of behind the scenes between management and, and, and Ron and, and, and a reason to make that move. And, and even still to this day, most, most of us, the guys that were playing, we still don't really know why, why it happened, why, you know, all, all the things that were going on. So it was just a different era. And I think we were focused on trying to win games, mm. you know, going out there and playing every day. And so we didn't get as much caught up. I would think it would be hard harder 
if almost impossible for these players to ignore or to, I mean, it's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you'd almost have to bury yourself. I mean, just cut yourself off from so social media and everything else to try to navigate that kind of stuff because you're going to hear it. Everybody's going to be calling you about it. They're reading this. Hey, I saw this. I saw that. Is this happening? Yeah, it's a much tougher era, I think, just from a, from that standpoint for players to block things out totally. I don't know if it's possible in today's today's era because they're going to hear it from somebody or something and want their reaction to it. And so, yeah, it's from that standpoint, I'm glad I played in the era that I did. That kind of stuff was a lot more low key uh, than what they have to deal with now. For sure. All right, Sam, couple of injury updates. Where are we at? Do you know timetable wise with some of our key players? Well, you know, when the Garland and Mobley news came out, it was Garland four to six weeks and, and Mobley six to eight. And I think that's probably been about three weeks. So I, I think if I had to guess, this is uh, obviously a guess, nothing I've heard from the team. Uh, I would say Mobley probably would be you know, after the trade deadline, it, which is February 8th, I believe, this year. So, you know, I would think around then, uh, Garland may be a week ahead of that, you know, just depending on, it's hard to predict how injuries are going to heal, whether that's closer to the four-week timeline or the six-week, you know, with Garland. So, but yeah, I, I would say toward the end of the month is when people can start getting excited and th th those guys will be Assuming everything goes as expected, that those guys will be closer to back. And then, you know, you're talking the second half of the season, the last 41 games or last 35 games to, to gear up for the playoffs. So I, I would expect by the end of the month, for sure, we'll, we'll at least know more. And, and certainly they'll be zero, zeroing in on a return at that time. One of Mark and I's favorite players is Ty Jerome. Is he ever going to play a game in a Cavalier uniform? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's a, we we ask that sometimes in the media room when we when we're talking about the team and and wondering why he hasn't played yet, but you know, he had a high ankle sprain as far as we know and then went out and while he was kind of coming back from that, I think he was putting up shots and starting to work out a little bit and may have re-aggravated it. Mm. So, you know, and usually high ankle sprains can cost you a couple months. Or, or close to it. And then if you re-aggravate it, it might be another month or two. Who knows? But it sounds like, yeah, they're hopeful that, that they get to see him here soon. Again, it's kind of like, well, do we want to rush him back? Or we want to make sure this thing is fully healed. And I know it's the latter. And let's make sure it's fully healed because we're doing okay right now. And they do like him and they're excited about him. But, you know, it's more important to have him for the second half of the season, April, May, maybe June, if you get there, than right now, especially with things going okay as is. So, yeah, I, I know that they like him and they have high hopes for him, but they want him to be fully healthy before before he, you know, gets back into game action. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. And But, Craig, again, Craig Porter Jr., I think it stepped into that role well. So thankfully we've had that. Okay. Let's go around the NBA real quick for both of you guys. A lot of stuff going on while we were away. The Lakers drama. We talked about the in-season banner. What are you guys' thoughts on the Lakers and Dylan Windler? 33 rebounds in the G League and the or the Lakers quickly snatched him up like the next day on a two-way contract. <laughs> Does that kind of give you an idea where the Lakers are right now? I'll let you guys talk about the NBA overall. Let's start with the Lakers. What are you guys' thoughts on the Lakers? Well, I mentioned them earlier. I, yeah, the whole in-season tournament deal and now to what's going on. But yeah, they're, well, it's, it's a LeBron, LeBron team. So there's always going to be uh, some kind of story going, storyline going on. Uh, they're struggling right now. We'll see what happens. They're, you know, they're not going to win in the West right now. I mean, you got teams that are just better than them. LeBron, as good as he is, is 39 years old now. So they got to be getting a lot more from other players. They get enough from Anthony Davis, obviously, but I think it's kind of a, a carousel among um, all the other players of what guys can give them anything on a night, night, night in, night out basis. 
And, you know, the Dylan Windler thing, I just think the Cavs must, they were playing him in the wrong position. I mean, stick him inside and let him get 33 rebounds. I mean, what, the guy stood out the three-point line the whole time he was with the Cavs. I mean, maybe he's found his, maybe he's finally found his spot. I don't know, but yeah. So yeah, and it's, the West is, is interesting because they, they got a lot of teams. You got the, the Warriors as well, all the drama going on there all the time with uh, Draymond Green. I guess the suspension's been lifted on him. What that means, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't think anybody ever really knew what, what the suspension was. Mm-hmm really but but yeah i mean you got steph still doing his thing but i don't know they just don't don't seem to have have the enough guys to beat beat people like the nuggets and and you know the other teams out there in my opinion uh clay thompson seems like he's really he's really dropped i mean he can still give you a big number on us on any given night but not on a consistent basis it doesn't look like anymore so so yeah, I think there's a changing of the guard out west right now. We'll we'll kind of see how it plays out, but you know, from that standpoint, and in the east, obviously, you know, we've talked about them and the Cavs, but you got the you know the Bucks and the and the Celtics, and you know the Sixers are going to be in the mix to somewhat. I don't think, I'm not sure uh, they got enough pieces around Embiid to knock the other guys off, but you know, Sam can give me his thoughts on that. But that's kind of what I see, you know, right now around the league. Yeah, you know, starting with the Lakers, they went out and got some pieces this this summer, signed a lot of guys, but they really just, it just hasn't meshed other than it's still LeBron and AD, and then you're still hoping for a third contributor. You know, really in the NBA, you need five, and, and they're hoping for three after LeBron and AD. And like Mark said, LeBron's 39 years old. He's still obviously very productive, but just not you know, shouldn't have to carry the team on his shoulders night in and night out at, at 39. It's fine to lead him in scoring, but you're going to need contributions consistently from other places, and they're just not just not getting that. And, you know, I had, I had I can't remember whether it was, this, I think I was sitting next to a scout the other night at one of the games, at the Cavs games, and he said, well, thank heavens for the Lakers for that in-season tournament, because they were 7-0 in that. Without that, if they didn't have that tournament, would they have approached the regular season games the same way? They might have been 4-3 and three in those regular season games, and now they'd really be in trouble. But, yeah, they're not, obviously, as constructed. You know, you're, you're not talking about a team that can get to the finals or, 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 you know, probably get past the second round of the playoffs right now the way they look. And right now, they don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. We're same thing. It's just, you know, when I look at them, I kind of think of like maybe the old Boston Celtics with Bird and McHale and Ainge and those guys. And it seems like, yeah, we we were dynasty, but we might have pulled on, held on to some of our guys too long. And, and you know, that's that's where it seems like they are with them. They they've stuck with their big three, which in one sense is nice because you don't see that a lot in the NBA anymore, where guys go to a franchise and play there their entire careers. But at the same time, as Mark said, Clay Thompson has has dropped off quite a bit. He, he may have a a twenty five point game here and there, but it's just not. I mean, there's not there's no Splash Brothers anymore. It's just one Splash Brother and right. Steph Curry, yeah. and and that's about it. So they just don't have you know. Really, I I think about that a lot as I look at the standings and follow the league, like. You look at the LeBron James and the Steph Curry's of the world, and while they can still produce, their teams are not. Their teams are not as, you know, nobody really fears them anymore. You look at them almost as teams that you can you can beat. So, it's really you know teams like the Nuggets and the Timberwolves who've been playing extremely well. The Oklahoma City Thunder have been playing really well. Those aren't teams that are going to get a lot of the buzz because. They don't have your traditional or, or guys who have been around a long time. But I, I think it said everything. You know, I remember watching those Celtics in the 80s and, and I would see watch them slowly signs of their downfall as they aged. And, and a big sign to me the other night when when Jokic hit that almost half court buzzer beater to beat the Warriors at Golden State. I was like, that's just another sign that, you know, the other teams are finishing games 
now their opponents are, and they're no longer closing out games. That's what the Warriors were so good at at one point, and they're just not able to do that. A little bit of age, probably, and, and you know, just not the right pieces around their main stars. So it's very interesting. The, the East, I feel like with Mark, it's, it's Boston and Milwaukee and then everybody else. But in the West, other than outside of the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets are still the best team in the West, but it's wide open out there too. <laughs> so there's a there's just a lot of parity in the NBA, which I think is probably good for the league. But it's it's uh, a lot of interesting storylines, just not always the ones that are being shoved down our throats. But places like Oklahoma City or Minnesota or, or Denver, all great stories this season. As as you know, I think that the Cavs are as well, and in, in that mix because of the way they've been able to overcome injuries but in the east you know pacers have been a good story and and, and obviously the orlando magic mm-hmm. who are the team right now that are battling for the fourth seed with the Cavs. it's very interesting i have two questions and then we'll go to our faith segment uh one is for you mark if you're looking at the cavaliers what piece do you think they could add if they could add a piece what's the it's hard to say because of the injuries, but if, you know, knowing what you know about the team, what we've seen about the team, what would you love to see them add? Well, the way I look at it is if I'm Kobe Altman and, you know, those guys right there, I, as Sam mentioned earlier, you know, people offering, I mean, is there anything that somebody can offer me that's better than what we have? Right. And my answer would be no. In a lot of ways, you know, if we get healthy, who's going to be better than, I mean, to get somebody worth making, you know, to make that significant change, you're going to have to give up something for it. And it's like what you get in return, is it going to be better than what you gave up? I'm not so sure. And so particularly with the onslaught of this, the development of the bench, I mean, we thought that was going to be key at the beginning of the season, but. We were talking about Max Struess and George and, Yang. and those guys. We we weren't talking about the Sam Merrills and the and the Craig Porters. And I mean, the Cavs are developing a serious bench. And so, I would say I would say what no, I'm trying to add anything at this point. I think you've already added through those guys and their their resurgence. You know, those bench players, but particularly once you get your starters back and healthy. I mean, you're going to have you're going to have a really strong, might be one of the stronger, you know, rosters in the whole league, you know, top to bottom. And that's the way I look at it. So, I mean, you say, well, can we add shooting? Is the shooting going to be any better than Sam Merrill? I mean, you know, you say, might say, we need a, you know, backup point guard or whatever. I mean, is it going to be any better than Craig Porter? You know, and, and you don't, hadn't, we hadn't even seen Ty Jerome yet. So, I mean, it's just, I, I think the Cavs and, you know, put together a really, really good roster. They've been snake bit with the injuries so far this season, and yet they still send 21 and 15 and are right in the mix. So, you know, if I'm in charge right now, I'm sitting pat and I'm, I'm just praying that everybody gets healthy and yeah. seeing, seeing what we can do, what kind of damage we can do with a full roster. Mm-hmm. Sam, is there one name out there that, that could really be a seismic trade? that you see in the second half. I think that's why Donovan Mitchell's name came, keeps coming up is because there's kind of this vacuum of big name players that could potentially change, you know, to change teams at, at least that I've seen, you know, you're closer to it. You, you write about it quite a bit. Is there a name that's bouncing around the NBA that people should be aware of? Well, yeah. Pascal Siakam from the Raptors is a, you know, I think two or three time all-star and, you know, from everything, he's got an expiring contract. They've had a lot of talks. They're, they're, they don't even really try to hide it. <laughs> They've had a lot of talks about him. And they did the Raptors, and they just traded OG and Yanobi to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that's looking to mix things up and, and kind of move on from, you know, a lot of players who helped them win that championship because it was 2019. So he's a name that everybody expects to be moved. Granted, not, you know, not not a huge superstar, but a really nice player and a veteran, 30 years old now. Bulls are really uh, trying to move Zach Levine. He's hoping to, I, I don't think it's anything where he's desperate, but he's, there's, there's just been a lot of activity out of Chicago 
surrounding Zach Levine. And I think he's going to be hard to move because he has a, a bigger contract and the Bulls are seeking a lot for him, which I don't think they're going to get. So that makes trades difficult. But you never know. Somebody can sneak in there and, and pull off a deal. And then obviously, you know, teams like the Pistons and Wizards, uh, I, 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 I don't think Cade Cunningham from the Pistons is available, but, but, you know, the Pistons and Wizards, aside from that, are saying, you know, if you want our best players, come get them. So, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're, neither of them are going anywhere, and they're both in major rebuilding phases. And so, yeah, I think that those are two, two big ones to keep an eye on. Kyle Kuzma and Washington's probably, definitely, I don't know. I, I hate to predict if guys are going to get traded, but it seems like there's a lot of, a lot of activity there around his name uh, as a piece who could who could be moved. Uh, Michael Winger, the Pacers, uh, or I'm sorry, the Wizards president, basketball operations, is actually from Cleveland. The Cleveland guy used to used to be the Cavs salary capologist, and he's in his first year running the Wizards, and he has a very large job ahead of him. He sure does. He sure does. Well, thanks, guys, for going through the Cavs and the NBA. Hopefully, we've uh, provided some insight from from your wisdom and, and uh, being close to the team. As we look at the faith segment, we're obviously in a brand new year. A lot of people making resolutions. I'm not a big resolution guy, but I do like to pause and look ahead at the year ahead and how can I grow, particularly in the area of faith. How can I grow in my faith? What can I challenge myself more with this year? Where can I really, you know, just just work at being more disciplined. That's my word for the year is, is discipline. And it covers a lot of things in my faith, but I'm curious for both of you guys, what, what are you looking at this year as a place that you want to grow in your faith and how can you maybe encourage others as well? I, you know, for me, I brought up that book that I've been reading called be useful. And I think a, a big message in that is really a huge message. I, I obviously still reading the Bible and my devotions and all that, that I wanted to apply this year, which is, it can be a difficult thing to do. And that's serve, be, be more, be more useful in that area. Because I think that we get, you know, and it's understandable, we get so wrapped up in our own, in our own needs and our own daily lives. And, you know, for me, it's being obsessed over the website, how's the growing, how many page views do we have, you know, trying to run a business that can be all consuming, but, you know, you lose track of the, the fact that there's a lot of things I have to be very thankful for and a lot of things that I should celebrate. But there are a lot of people out there who don't have those things and, and don't have reasons to celebrate or at least feel like maybe they don't. And so that's really been kind of my, my so-called faith resolution for this year is, you know, be more cognizant of others and serve more because it really I, I think that's something that we have to remind ourselves of a bit you know because obviously we're human and and we place most of the attention on ourselves and and on our needs and desires whereas kind of shut out I don't want to say shut out but you just you're just not as aware of of the needs of others and I think that the Bible really calls us to do that you know and and serve and we see the example that Jesus set doing that. So that's a big goal for me this year. And you know, there's work to be done. <laughs> but I, I I think that that's one of the things that I really want to do because I, I haven't been real great at that probably over the last few years. I you know, again, you get caught up in, in your own life, nothing nothing bad, but I think there's got to be a balance there where God calls you sometimes to to so and it doesn't have to be you know giving money or whatever, just giving someone your time or or helping them through a situation and and so that's that's really been kind of something that I'm trying to focus on this year is, is to be while still being very cognizant of myself and my family, be be more aware of of the needs of others and try to be more helpful in areas that I can be. How about you, Mark? That's great. Yeah, I yeah, I mean so many so many things, but I think for me uh, this year I'm going to try something and I'm not a big resolution guy either, but I've never you know read through straight through the Bible in in a, in a year. 
And so there's a little resource called the Bible Recap. I don't know if anybody has heard of that, but it kind of gives you going through it chronologically, not necessarily, you know, the scripture. And so that's that's my goal, big goal for the year is to, to read the whole Bible this year straight through. And I'm excited about that. I've never done it before. Obviously, I've studied scripture and things like that. But, you know, it's just God's kind of put on my heart. I just need to know the know the, the word inside and out. I mean, the, the craziness of our culture right now and, and all the different things that we're having to deal with and just being more equipped. What does God have to say about this? Or what, mm-hmm. you know, what, what does God have to say about all the different areas, like, like Sammy said, in serving others or whatever area it might be? You know, just constantly having that scripture, you know, in us, it talks about meditating on it day and night, you know, in the scripture and by kind of going through it and being a little bit to your word, Aaron, disciplined in doing that every day, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where God takes that in my life this year and equipping me to be even better in, in all areas of all areas of my life through the wisdom of God's word. And so that's kind of, kind of what, what, what my plans are for 2024. One of you guys mentioned earlier, social media, well, we were talking about social media and the difference when you played prior to Christmas and the new year, I actually deleted most of the social media apps and just made a decision to do that. And honestly, it was people like, is it hard? I'm like, no, it's been one of the most freeing things. And honestly, I have found that I have more time and I'm bored. Because I was wasting so much time. My screen time report on Sunday mornings when you get that from Apple, you know, it's way down. It's crazy. And what I found is I have more time for other things. And that includes discipline. It it includes, you know, reading scripture. It includes uh, being present with the people in my life. And I'm not telling everyone to do that. I'm just saying that's what I've experienced. And at this point, I I don't want to go back. I, I really don't have more genuine conversations. And so that's just one thing. But I think it has helped me in terms of the faith as well and being disciplined to spend the right time in the right places with the right people. And that's really what I want to do in 2024 is just be very disciplined with my time and, and be very aware of where I am, when I'm there, who I'm with, and how God can use me in those situations. So um, that's been my 2024 so far. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool, Aaron. I I have thought. I, I, obviously, I can't totally delete it because right. my Same. business is contingent on exactly. on it. But I I have made an effort to spend way less time there. And it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah, sometimes I'm like, okay, now what do I do? You know, <laughs> I actually picked up a hardcover book and and was reading it. Beyond other than you know, other than just your your regular scrolling through the internet, but. Anyway, as, uh, I wanted to ask both you guys for your prayers because, as you both know, I'm in my first year as a head coach of a first-grade basketball team. Where I wouldn't run, I, 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 we, we did not. I, I told the guys at halftime, "You're defending like a bunch of first-graders." So we're, 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 but, but we're making strides. So this is my. It's, it's been a real blessing to be able to actually do this and be in this role, and a lot of fun. A lot of. A lot of frustration, you know, but not not in a bad way. Just well, they don't know what they what what I mean when I say get open. They don't even know what that means. So, you know, so I I kept saying it. I kept saying it during the game, and and we had a little timeout. And my son comes up to me, who's my youngest boy, who's seven, and he says, "What does get open mean?" Nobody <laughs> talking about dad. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll work on that at the next. This <laughs> so oh, the joy, yeah. the joys of coaching. Welcome to the club, Sam. Right, to right. the club. Have yeah, any of the right. parents yelled at you yet? No, no. Well, well then you haven't. You, you haven't really yelled into coaching. No, yet, so no, just, I know. Yeah. When I, the first prayer parent kind of tells you what you're doing wrong, then you know you're, you're you know you right. I so. had a parent come out of the stands and yell at his son. You know, I mean, rightfully so, because after the other team score a basket, his son would take the ball out of bounds. Matt Wood didn't bound it. He wasn't passing it in. He'd just stand there with the ball. And I kept saying, pass it in, Joe, pass it in. And uh, his dad came out of the stage like, Joey, throw the ball in. And uh, so finally, as, you know, the expert coach I am, during the next time out, I said, okay, guys, you know what? Joey, you, you 
we're going to inbound the ball to you. And then you dribble it up. You don't inbound it anymore. <laughs> so I made that in-game adjustment. There you go. That's there you worked, go. worked out okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, we did see a little mixtape of a of a future. It looks like guard, really. You know, <laughs> we have Mark and I got a chance to see a little mixtape of that. So the other one that one of my other favorite ones is when you yell out, uh, "Make an adjustment." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. just look at you like, if I knew what that was, I would already have done it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have like to, have, to yell that one too. Make an adjustment. <laughs> we have to okay. have wristbands. Like, say for instance, my son will wear a black wristband. His teammate will wear a red wristband. And then the other players on the other team do that so they know who to match up with. Yeah. You you're guarding the guy with the black wristband. And it's still it still doesn't still chaos. Yeah, it's still there's no sense of pace yet. Like slow it down. There's no no sense of that. (laughs) Well, guys, it's been fun today to uh, catch up after the holidays. And Sam, thank you for your time joining us. Mark, anything before we get out of here? No, just uh, excited for a great 2024. Sam, we always appreciate you coming on board and we'll, we'll catch up with you again soon as the season progresses and kind of see what, what the Cavs do and moving forward and should be a fun rest of the season. Yeah. Thank you both for, for having me. I'm always, always happy to come on. It's a big, big thrill for me. My, my kids are still surprised that the Mark Price who has me on is the same one who played for the Cavs and not just a guy named Mark Price. But they're like, well, why is he inviting you on? Like, well, you know, well, I don't know that. But anyway, it's always a real, real treat for me. So, so thanks for having me on. Well, guys, thanks for doing this again today. For Mark, for Sam, I'm Aaron. This has been episode 62 of the Mark Price for Three podcast. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mark Price for Three podcast. Remember to subscribe, like, review, and share. I'm Josh Price, and we will talk to you again on the next episode.